brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buckeye Weekly Podcast. I am Tony Gerderman here, as always, with Tom Orr and many times with Kevin Noon as we are live. And Tom, how's it going? Tony, I just, I'm filled with this overwhelming sadness for Kirk Ferentz, who is trapped with his idiot fail son as his offensive coordinator. And it's just, I mean, we know he has to have a direct relative being a coordinator for him. And it's just, it's too bad he doesn't have a, a relative who can actually coordinate a college offense. That's, you can't put that on Kirk Ferentz, though. I mean, the law is the law. And, and you know, so it's just it's just too bad that that he doesn't have a, a son who actually knows what he's doing. That's, that's really a shame. I agree. Bl- blame Kirk's wife for the bad genes. Kevin, how's it going? Better than the Ferences, I guess, but even with the loss, he'll probably still win Big Ten Coach of the Year for the 809th time or whatever. And what what's the assist? The, the uh, I don't even remember the Broyles. Broyles Award. You know, some yeah, you know, some distant relative will win that, and you know, sun goes up, sun goes down. So we are live, and feel free to send in your questions. As you guys know, going to do a little recapping of the weekend that was. The day that was, uh, how that relates to Ohio State and all that, because there is some news. Like as we were starting the show off, let's talk about Iowa losing to Purdue. Now, when I predicted that yesterday, you guys attacked me, saying, <laughs> "Tom, I remember you specifically saying, mm-hmm. do you know how many points per game Purdue has scored the last three weeks, whatever?'" And I said, "I don't know. I think it's 13." And you're like, "Yes, it's 13. Good guess." And then I'm like, "But." Give them a shot. Get just David Bell owns Iowa. I believe that was my exact words. And he showed Iowa again had like, uh, I don't know, like 220 yards receiving or something like that. And all Purdue had, the only offense Purdue had was let's just throw it up to David Bell and see what happens. And what always happened is he caught the ball and then they kept the ball. And eventually they scored enough points to win. And Iowa is. As we've said all along, not the number two team in the nation. 
they didn't even look like a top 25 team in a nation and this one they were they were exposed they've always they've constantly been exposed it's just Purdue didn't keep giving them the ball like other teams gave them the ball and so they weren't able to do anything well th- that was that was kind of what you expected to see when Iowa played Ohio State in Indianapolis and i think you know the best case scenario for Ohio State was you know, Iowa somehow just kind of keeps farting through the schedule the way they are. And, you know, it doesn't, you know, the obvious deficiencies don't catch up to them until you get to Indianapolis, at which point it's like, wow, Ohio State crushed number two, Iowa. They definitely have to go in the playoff. Like that was the best case scenario for Ohio State. That is not what happened. Like they got exposed way before, you know, before you even got to that point. Iowa's uh, offensive EPA today, uh, so that is expected points added uh, for the, by the Iowa offense today, minus 15. Like, based on where they got the ball, they scored 15 fewer points than they should have. Like, that's and that's just the offense. Like, the, the, the defense was fine, but the, uh, yeah, the, the offense was just abysmal as usual. I mean, it's just, that's just what Iowa does. They're just 4.6 yards per play, and they get outgained by a yard and a half by Purdue. And Purdue is not a good team. Like not a good team at all. If you give up 24 points, you should win the game. This is 2021. This is not 2003. You don't need to try and win every game 24-23. If you give up 24 points, you should win the game. That is how the state of modern college football. And unfortunately, modern college football has not arrived in uh, Pleasantville, Iowa, where it's still everything is still black and white, and you know they, they're still they're try, still trying to win. You know, punt the punt the ball and play field position. It's like no, sorry, that's. That's not how it is. And when you turn the ball over, you throw four picks like that, like Iowa did today. Like, yeah, that's going to catch up with you. Sorry. Spencer Petras was really bad. Kevin, what did you think? Do you feel bad that Iowa has been exposed this way? No. Why would I feel bad? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 we, I don't work for Hawkeye Scoop. I don't care. I mean, you know, it was – I, I think it was predictable. Let me throw myself on the one shot. Uh, you know, I felt like it was pretty predictable that there was going to be a game where they were going to get exposed. Uh, the idea of them running through their schedule and getting to Indianapolis undefeated, you know, made for a great story. Oh, it'd be great for Ohio State to go through a run of Michigan State. Talk about them a little bit. Michigan and then Iowa. And, and oh, they're going to get all of these top whatever programs. And is this going – I mean – and milk and honey will flow through the faucets and everything will be fantastic. But Iowa certainly had no business being a top two team. I mean, Spencer Petras had a horrible game. Uh, you know, Purdue had one scholarship running back, one. And it just was, you know, it, it was it was to be expected once, once the three quarterbacks, because they employed a three quarterback system, once the three quarterbacks found David Bell early and often and repeatedly, uh, you know, it was it was a foregone conclusion. So I don't I don't feel bad for Iowa. I mean, and I know who certainly doesn't feel bad for them would be James Franklin. After all the brouhaha about injuries, were you faking them? Whatever. I wasn't even aware of that until I watched game day this morning. And you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know. Maybe 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 it's the uh, 11 p.m. speaking right now. But uh, I just don't have many. You know what's to give right now. The, do you no, know how many? The, do you know how many times David Bell got targeted today? Not not like a penalty, but like how many times they tried to throw the ball to him? At one point, it was like he was like eleven of twelve or something like that. Yes, 12, he was. They threw the ball to him twelve times. He caught it eleven of those twelve. 
pretty good. Also pretty good. 240 receiving yards in one game. Like, yeah, you just put up a quarter of a thousand yard season in one afternoon against a defense that was supposed to be one of the best in the country. Like, yep, that's, uh, that's pretty good. And, you know, you look at those numbers and then you go, boy, I don't know how this Iowa defense would match up against the Ohio State passing game. Like, I... I think I'm going to raise my hand and say I have some concerns now about how that might go for them if if they do get to Indianapolis. Yeah, very much so. I the notion to go back to the Penn State thing, the notion that anybody is going to fake injuries to slow down the Iowa offense <laughs> is the most remarkable and most asinine thing we've seen all season long from any kind of coach. And there's a lot of a lot of wackadoo coaches out there. So what this what does this do for the Big Ten West now? Because Minnesota owns a win over Purdue. Minnesota basically controls their own destiny. A team that has lost to Bowling Green, and now I'm wondering if it's probably a good thing for all of these teams that Bowling Green's not in the Big Ten West because they might win the Big Ten West. And this entire division is a complete mess. And it will probably still shake out that it's going to be Iowa because I, I think uh, Minnesota has to go to Iowa, but I, I don't see this being an eight and one division winner here anymore unless it's Iowa. Well, the crazy thing is, the Bowling Green team that beat Minnesota and Minnesota beat Iowa. Do you know who the Bowling Green team that Bowling Green team lost to last week, at home by more than two touchdowns? Akron. Akron 35, Bowling Green 20 last week. That garbage Akron team that everyone was like, why? This is like this is like a slightly less interesting version if you just picked a random Central Ohio high school team and brought them in to play Ohio State. Like that team beat Ak- beat Bowling Green, who beat Minnesota, who's now in like potentially the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. Like what? What? Like I mean, this has been a. Uh, I hope Kevin can type louder, but. Before before we get to, before we get into that, you know, it would be fantastic, fantastic if we could get you know this is like the, the perfect perfect synopsis of this season. Like you, you have just random games. Like I have I have like more times already this season said this is absolutely not going to happen, and then sat there and watched it happen. Like it's just it's crazy. You have these just insane upsets and. Akron being the transitive champion of the Big Ten West would just be like the perfect synopsis of that. Well, and now we have Cincinnati will probably be ranked number two in the polls uh, this coming week after an easy win over Central Florida, 336 yards rushing, and that one didn't really have to throw the ball. So you've got an AAC team because not only does an AAC team or a group of five team need to start the rankings high, they need all heck to break loose during the season. That's exactly what has happened. I am interested to see what happens with when when if Cincinnati is still undefeated and everybody else is what they've done, like Oklahoma is still undefeated, Alabama has a loss, Ohio State has a loss. How adamantly do they start drifting, pulling Cincinnati back? Because I assume they're going to start at number two by default, or maybe they'll be like, you know what? Oklahoma's looking good with Caleb Williams. We like we would like what we're seeing right now. So let's just go ahead and put Oklahoma number two. That way, there there are fewer spots for Cincinnati to fall over the course of the the four or five weeks 
I saw Oklahoma is now up by like three touchdowns. So that one is a ball game over TCU. Caleb Williams, let's talk about him. At one point in this game, he was like 18 for 20 passing, and then he put up like a 40-some-yard touchdown run. He is really, really good in his two, uh, basically these last two games. It seems like he's going to be good the rest of the season. So this is going to be a – it's an Oklahoma team that is now going to grab the attention of a lot of people. And so with that attention, and if they keep winning – they're going to be like boosted in the eyes of the nation. So that's something else that Ohio State is going to have to deal with because Ohio State's kind of gotten that same thing over the last few weeks. But Kevin, with Caleb Williams now at the helm, is Oklahoma a threat? I know Tom's going to say no because of the defense, and we always we always deal with this. Where are you on Oklahoma and the playoffs? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, for those not watching the baseball game, the Braves just won 3-2 with a hit in the bottom of the ninth. Um, you know, what do you, what do you mean? As, as a Mets fan, I follow baseball pretty closely, and you don't play baseball in October. What do you, well, why, why are you lying? Well, to LA does, uh, because they pay their way there. I mean, you know, it's kind of like you know, you buy the league and then you put your son in the league. And but as, now that parents, the sport now I can now that I can turn that game off, um, and pay attention to what you guys are saying, um, I'm not, I'm still not buying on Oklahoma. Um, they have had other quarterbacks that have been very good. Kyler Mur- Kyler Murray, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. And then they still find a way to poop the bed against K-State or Iowa State or whoever. And maybe they've fixed their offensive woes by benching Spencer Rattler, bringing in Caleb Williams. You know, they put up 52 points on TCU tonight. Fine. This is not a Gary Patterson type of defense, and I've certainly seen certain OSU honks on Twitter say, "Look at this! What they're doing against TCU? Well, this isn't TCU. This is a bad TCU team. So, you know, don't get that excited about it." So, 
I don't I don't think Oklahoma is all of a sudden just going to turn around and just go into, you know, pillage mode on everybody else. I think they're they're going to win some games, they're going to win some games handily, but they're go, they're going to they're they're going to have the game that they just drop for no apparent reason. Do they play Kansas this year? They they do play Kansas this year <laughs> as as per uh, as per the rules, yes, but I mean to Kevin's point about the TCU defense we talked about this on the Friday show. TCU has given up more than 30 points to every FBS team they've played this year. Like they are, this is not, this is not the like 10 years ago, Gary Patterson defense. This is like, Oh, it's just a big 12 defense. And you know, I, I don't think Oklahoma is a threat to beat Ohio state or a serious threat to beat Ohio state. If they're in the playoff, I think if you're an Ohio state fan, your concern has to be more that they're a threat to take one of the four playoff spots because just looking at the big 12, Everyone outside of the state of Oklahoma has been a huge disappointment to the rest of the nation in the Big 12 because it's like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both kind of not that great. And they've had a bunch of really close calls against teams like Tulane. And these teams keep coming just short, like just a little bit short. Texas had, I mean, Texas has just spent the last two weeks with their hands wrapped around their own throat, which is, I mean, they they have had huge leads on both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And if they had won those two games, have just not blown these massive leads, the Big 12 would functionally be out of the college football playoff talk. Instead, Texas has managed to blow both of those leads. So now Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both undefeated. I mean, obviously, one of them is going to lose because they're going to play Bedlam later in the year. And obviously, if you're familiar with the series history of Bedlam, it will be Oklahoma State who loses that because they always lose that. But, you know, someone has to beat Oklahoma at some point this year. Like that's, you know, if you want Ohio State to get into the playoff, you know, if you assume that the SEC is getting two teams in, you need, and, and I don't know that that's an assumption anymore. I don't know that that's necessarily a safe assumption anymore now that Alabama's lost. But if Alabama wins the SEC and they beat a previously unbeaten Georgia, they're probably getting two in. And if you assume Cincinnati runs the table, you need Oklahoma to lose and you need, you know, you need all the stupid ACC teams. You need Wake Forest to lose. Like Wake Forest is going to take care of itself at some point, but you you might want Oklahoma or you need, want want Oklahoma and or Oklahoma State both to lose, and you want Oregon probably to lose one more. I don't know that they have to because they just have looked terrible since then. I think you make a pretty compelling case that you know one you know with even with the head to head, Ohio State probably still has a better playoff resume than Oregon just because Oregon keeps looking like garbage week after week. But you know if Oregon loses, if Oklahoma and Oklahoma State lose, Ohio State's probably feeling pretty good almost no matter what else happens. I just see this, this super chat come in. And as always, you send in a, a super chat. We'll get right to the question. Um, Luke Comstock, if you were to compare yourselves to a trio in television or movies, what would that be? And... I, I'm the only one with hair, so I guess I have to be curly, right? <laughs> Can you please mute Tom's microphone? And I, 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 sure, I can, but uh, then I have to talk to you. <laughs> uh, can you also please uh, mute your own? Yes, okay. yes, you can. Yes, um, okay. I'll, how about here? Hold on, hold on. Here we go. Have at it. <laughs> um, I, I don't have a good answer for that, and that's unfortunate. I, I don't I know. I have to think it. about that one. It's a mm. trio. I mean, I, what about this? I don't. The three amigos. No, I was going to say three's company, but but I'm Jack. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I mean, I'm the blonde, so I guess I'm Chrissy. 
Well, you could be any of the three. You could be Terry. You could be Cindy. I don't want to. She was the worst character on the show. You could be Mr. Furley. Well, I mean, that's at least a little better. Um, I don't know. I mean. What about you guys could be the Ropers? I was going to say I could be I could be Randy from South Park and, well, you know, Tom could be Butters. And I guess that makes Tony Cartman. Hmm. We're going to give you that nine ninety nine back. Yeah, I don't know. We don't have a we don't have a great idea on that one. Um, the the uh, the Cincinnati thing, the Oklahoma thing. Oklahoma finishes with they're they're at Kansas next week, then Texas Tech, then a bye week, then they're at Baylor, then Iowa State at home, then they close the season at Oklahoma State. Maybe maybe Matt Campbell can save his job with that win in Norman, and I quote unquote, save his job where that's, that's where Iowa state finally does something. And then it, it, you know, just wait for Iowa state next year and they're going to be great. And, you know, they started number seven this year, but they're going to start number six and they're going to be really, really good. Uh, But Oklahoma needs to lose and uh, they need to lose uh, soon. If Buckeye fans really want to um, not have to put up with the annoyance of the Cincinnati stuff. Remember when Cincinnati made the BCS and they're Ohio's BCS team? Uh-huh. How did how did Just, that sorry, sorry, how how did that go? I forget. It did not go well for Cincinnati. Mm. I think it was like a 42 to 7 or 51 to I was, 7. I was, remembering, I was remembering Florida getting into the 60s, but uh Yeah. But I, I had sixty-two to fourteen in my head, but it, it, it was bad, and uh, Urban Meyer led up on that one, if I recall correctly. But fifty-one, the fifty-one twenty-four was 51, the score, but uh, but it was but it was not as close as the score indicated because mm-hmm. Cincinnati scored uh, twenty-four points, and it was thirty to three at halftime. That was that was more representative of the uh, the game than the final score was. But I'm just thinking of uh, how how the um, the Cincinnati. Media, if if there is such a thing, I mean, it came out of nowhere the last time about Cincinnati making the playoffs and keeping Ohio State out of the playoffs. Uh, that would, um, I assume, that would be kind of annoying for Ohio State fans. So, uh, I know, I know, everybody likes Luke Fickle. You, you you'll want to be rooting against Cincinnati. You'll want to be rooting against Oklahoma. You don't have to worry about Oklahoma State. They're going to fall somewhere along the lines. Uh, Alabama, big. On Mississippi State, I saw Jamison Williams. I was watching; had a seventy-five yard touchdown and almost broke a couple of kickoff returns because that's, you know, that's what he does. And so why, now, why kick to him? I mean, why kick to him? You've you've seen it. Are, are you going to kick it better than everybody else? You're going to cover it, Barrett. Stop it! Don't be stupid. But then again, Mike Leach is too busy, you know, reading books about pirates. That you know, it doesn't really matter. I saw Mississippi State kicked one that landed around like the the seven yard line, and allowed Jamison Williams to get a running start. It's like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Just you know, if you can't kick it out of the end zone, kick it very high or squib it away from him. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Don't don't even give him the opportunity. Kick it out of bounds. Thirty five is better than six points. Just don't even let him touch the ball. And so now they will continue to beat everybody and we will see uh against Georgia in the SEC championship game. I do want to I do wonder if that's a close game and Alabama loses like how much are we going to see? But Alabama should still get in there. I, I know we will. Especially mm-hmm. from uh 
CBS and ESPN. The I, now I want to talk about Michigan State, Tom. They were, I was concerned about this game. I was I was right to be concerned. We were we all were because we all want to see what can happen in a couple of weeks against Michigan. But man, uh, this was not a great performance by Michigan State. Made me feel a lot better about Ohio State's chances when these two teams play. And this, I mean, still give them credit. They won on the road. They didn't really look good doing it though. Well, partway through the game, that, that, I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier today about like, so if you had to pair Ohio, take Ohio State's offense and put it up against like the offenses of Michigan State and Indiana and Rutgers and Maryland, just pick an all-star team out of those four and maybe even add Michigan or Penn State. Like, I think I'm probably still taking Ohio State. Like, there's just, their their offenses are so bad. They're so bad. Like, even the even the good offenses – uh, were, were, were terrible. Uh, EPA, total EPA today, uh, offensive EPA, so again, expected points added. So based on where you get the ball, how many points you should expect to score in the game? Um, and, you know, how, how did your offense do compared to that? Like if you're super explosive and you, you don't turn the ball over and you score touchdowns a lot, you can have a very positive EPA. If you are hot garbage, you could have a negative EPA of, you know, 5, 10 points, something like that. That would be like, wow, minus 10 points. That's a bad day. Uh, who wants to guess what the better of the two uh, offensive EPAs was on Saturday? The better of the two in the Michigan State-Indiana uh, game. Go ahead. You can both hazard a guess. Tony, you first. The better I'll, of the two. I'll say because of your presentation, Indiana. Well, yes, but what's what's their number? Oh, I I can't. I don't know what the numbers are. I'm sorry, Tom. I well, can't help minus, you with this. Minus five or minus ten would be bad. What was the number for the better of the two teams? Oh, uh Minus five, because that's better than minus ten. See, I don't understand these things, Tom. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I thought they were okay. just trying to protect the environment with this thing. I don't even know what the hell these numbers are about. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so this is, this is, if you just had like an average performance with getting the ball where you get it, you would score, you know, whatever number of points, 
here's how many how much worse you did or better you did than that okay Michigan State was the better of the two offenses they were minus 20.1 they were 20 points worse than you would have expected on offense and they were the better of the offenses Mich- uh, Indiana was minus 25.97 they they were there were 46 fewer points scored in this game than there should have been and they only had 45 points scored in the game like that is how bad these teams were like it is just it is impossible to, and it wasn't like it was just constant turnovers. It was Indiana turned over three times, Michigan State turned it over two, but that's not, you know, this is not like nine, 10 turnovers. These are just two offenses that cannot get out of their own way. And, you know, Kevin, uh, Kenneth Walker was uh, 23 carries, 90 yards. Like he, he had been dynamite the whole time and just nothing. Peyton Thorne, 14 of 26, 140 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Jack Tuttle. Uh, was 28 of 50 for 191 yards. He threw the ball 50 times and averaged less than four yards per attempt. Do you know how bad four yards per attempt is? And you threw it 50 times because you couldn't run it. Like, there are only two things you can do on offense. You can run the ball or you can pass the ball. And sometimes these teams went 0 for 4. Neither of them could do anything. Like, it was just, that was that was like, Remember those, like the old bad Big Ten noon games where it was just like, it was just always like Illinois, Purdue, and it was like ESPN 7, and it was just like those, it was like the punchline game. That was this, and it featured a team that was ranked in the top 10, who's probably still going to be ranked in the top 10. These are two teams that Ohio State has coming up that are like, I don't, I don't know, like people are going to try and talk themselves into it. Like, I don't know how either of these teams keep up with Ohio State, like even keep it close for a half against Ohio State, if Ohio State, unless Ohio State plays terribly. So they score 35 points in the game. The EPA stuff says they should have scored 46 more. So the over-under yes. on this should have been like 81? Yes. If, if you look at where they got the ball and like, okay. you know, Yes. You know, where they took over the ball, you should have had like 81 points. You had 35 points. Like that is, this should have been a shootout. And instead this was like a, just an absolute garbage punt fest. I forgot to mention Georgia, the number one team in the nation winning at home 30 to 13. And we don't really need to spend much time on Georgia because they are what they are. They had 47 total plays on offense in this game. I, I don't and over 400 yards, so you know probably like eight or nine yards per play. I don't understand that. I don't understand 47 plays. The, they had like 22 minutes of time of possession. Uh, Kentucky must have gotten like three yards every single play and moved the ball and took care of it very very slowly. And Will Levis doing his, I'm just going to run into the line on third down and pick up some yards, but. 47 plays, uh, that was a um, – that one caught me off guard. So Georgia – I saw somebody mention Georgia and Alabama, probably the only teams that would be favored over Ohio State. But first, we have to get to Yakov 22 Super Chat. Uh, if Wake or Pitt make the college football playoff, Tom should sport a mohawk. Kevin, I would have to agree with this. If he's going to talk about his great hair, then, uh, you know, you got to do something about it. There, there goes our graphic. I have to fix the delay on that. I, I agree, but I mean, it's it would be you know it wouldn't be big mohawk. It's not that Tom's got just just crazy hair, but if not, if, it could it could be pretty good. I think that if you real, but we need to shape. I mean, you know, first you just need to donate it to those of us that are follically challenged. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really where it needs to go. But 
if 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 Wake or Pitt, I mean, I like Pitt better than I like Wake. I think that, you know, Pitt can't play a lick of defense, but that offense is pretty impressive. I'm still not sure of the smoke and mirrors that Wake is using at this point. I mean, I understand they got a good quarterback, but he's no Kenny Pickett. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that doesn't Pitt have a loss. Doesn't Pitt already they, have? They, they, yes, they have. They bad have one. a loss to a MAC team. So I have bad news about the history of teams losing to MAC teams and trying to make the college football playoff. Well, then go. Which with is it. really too bad because if I had a Mohawk, and it was and it was because Pat Narduzzi's team was in the playoff. Guess what I would be saying for the whole month? I pity the fool who has to play the Panthers because I'd have a because get it because anytime I can make Tony look like he want, he's losing the will to live, I really feel like I've done my job. I mean, give me a super chat myself. I was going to say you might be the employee of the decade then. <laughs> uh, yeah, the I, other... I, I just yeah, the, the, I mean. It, if you lose to Western Michigan, you are out of the playoff. Like, I mean, you can do whatever else you want. It's like the, the, the problem you're going to have with, with Pitt is you have a bad loss already and everyone in the ACC is kind of terrible. So you're not going to have this like wonderful opportunity for a signature win. You're not, you're not beating Alabama or Georgia in the conference championship. You're beating like a nine and three Clemson or something. And that's not going to, that's not going to move the needle at all. So I want to go back to what somebody mentioned earlier that Ohio state would be a favorite against everybody on a neutral side, except for Georgia and Alabama, which I, I, I believe I agree with. I'm looking and I wonder what the line against Cincinnati would be the line against Oklahoma. I just think uh, Ohio state right now with their offense and, and the attention it's getting would, I, I agree they would be favored against everybody except for Georgia and Alabama. And I don't think, Georgia and Alabama are exactly bad matchups for Ohio State. I think the Ohio State offensive line against whatever defense you want to throw at them, they're going to be as well-equipped to handle Georgia and Alabama as any team in the nation. Does that mean they're going to beat them? Not necessarily, but they're going to have as good of a chance or a better chance than anybody else in the nation with that offensive line, with the skilled players and all of that. But I don't think they'd be favored by a lot over Ohio State. Tom, where are you? Now, Kevin, let me go to Kevin. Tom, you've talked a lot. Um, Kevin, what do you think? Uh, let's go to Tom. No, um, I think that, uh, you know, I, th- I don't know. I mean, I think that with Alabama, Alabama certainly shown some issues. Uh, I don't think that their mm-hmm. line play is that great. They certainly are dealing with some injuries. Uh, Henry Toto, who was a, we can't miss out on this player, this transfer, has not looked great this year. Their linebacker play, while it's been better than Ohio State's on a week-to-week basis, has not been Alabama-esque. Um, you know, I could see that on a neutral site, and I'm saying like a real neutral site. I'm not saying in Birmingham. I'm not saying in Mobile. I'm not saying in even Atlanta. I'm saying, you know, on an aircraft carrier in the Pacific or something like that, somewhere that's truly neutral, Four and a half, five, I don't know, um, maybe probably four and a half. And then with Georgia, if they're going to have Stetson Bennett out there, Stetson Bennett didn't do a ton to impress me. And I know that, you know, I know that we're friends with the college football nerds and one of them's a big Bennett fan while one of them's a big JT Daniels fan. I didn't necessarily, and I didn't watch all of that game. I was flipping around as much as I could, but Daniels, or I'm sorry, Bennett wasn't that impressive. So... You know, for as great as that defense is, 
you know, the offense, you know, the offense is above average. But, you know, again, I would put the line somewhere in the same in the same vicinity. I certainly wouldn't have it to the point of where I would have it above a touchdown or anything like that. I would certainly have it south of a touchdown. I mean, you could maybe talk me to five and a half. But even with that, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Well, Tom. I'm, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at Phil Steele Plus right now. This is prior to this week, so this does not include the games that happened today. But uh, he has Alabama rated as about four points better than Ohio State, Georgia about four points better than Alabama, so Georgia about eight points better than Ohio State. I don't like that. Uh, and then he has uh, Oklahoma four points worse than Ohio State, Cincinnati about almost five points worse than Ohio State. So, you know the about a you know within a touchdown give or take with just about any of those uh those top five teams team he has sixth is penn state believe it or not so and that's also about a touchdown uh behind ohio state on neutral field so and i don't i mean here's the problem with numbers like i am a big advanced Mm -hmm. stats guy the advanced stats guy the advanced stats don't know about sean clifford and the advanced stats uh did not get a chance to watch uh taekwon roberson uh, cause, uh, if, if, if the numbers knew that, if the, if the numbers knew what you and I know, uh, the numbers would be giving you a different number. Yeah. I give me those eight points against Georgia and I'll, I'll, I'll feel pretty good. Uh, I see a super chat there from sneaker shack. I would bet my house to OSU wins the rest of their games by 28 plus. Now, Tom, in my, in our bold predictions, second half bold predictions, I said Ohio State will win out the rest of their games by 14 plus. This is uh double sneaker jack, arguably twice as bold as me. This is like uh the uh, the fire Cheetos, you know, the, the, these this is this is some boldness. 28 points. Uh well, let's let's take a look at this schedule that we have cuz you've got at Indiana. I could see that. Penn State, that's going to be tough. At Nebraska, Oh, poor Nebraska. Poor that anybody be that's been supporting Nebraska. Poor Nebraska fans. Poor Scott Frost. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that like catch up. I'm I mean you <laughs> when do we talk about Adrian Martinez and the greatness that is Adrian Martinez? Pretty we'll soon. But f- the the <laughs> the twenty I, I could see I don't think it will happen, but I I think they could be any of these opponents by twenty eight points especially if Taquan Roberson is Penn State's quarterback, Tom. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, there's they could beat any of them by 28 points. I think that's fair. Beating everyone by 28 points just kind of realistically just doesn't happen. That's not – you're going to have a week where it's – you know, you start off a little slow. You're going to have a week where you, the other team has something great going. You're going to have a week where just, you know, hey, two balls got tipped and got intercepted and, you know, drives got drives ended without points. Like, you're, you're not going to perform that consistently. And the rest of the Big Ten is good enough that, especially on defense, that you're not going to roll up 60 points on everyone. Now, I don't think they're giving up a ton of points because I'm really not overwhelmed with any of the offenses on their schedule right now in the regular season. But – yeah, I think I think Tony's fourteen points or more is like yeah that they will they will at the least have a lead of fourteen points or more on every team they play. You know maybe maybe you get backdoored at some point with you know someone scores a touchdown late and it you know and, and seventeen point lead turns into ten or something like that. But I, I think there's a decent chance they have a two touchdown lead. I don't and you know it's not crazy to think that they could beat anyone on the schedule by twenty eight. I just don't think they will beat everyone on the schedule by twenty eight. It's hard to get up for every game of the season. And you could sit there and say, well, Ohio State didn't get up for Oregon. Ohio State didn't get up for Tulsa. I mean, but now they can get up for these next six games. I, you know, I, I don't know. I think 28 is a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's certainly the, the, the capability of doing all of that. Um, none of these teams that remain on the schedule have shown me anything to lead me to believe that they can – hang with Ohio State's offense, uh, or really that any of them have enough offense of their own to be able to bring it up to the point of, okay, if we're saying Ohio State's going to score in the 40s every game or more, and somebody comes up and scores 24, I mean, you got to get up, what, to 53 to be above 28 points. So, you know, that's a big ask right there. But, you know, I think it, I don't think it's completely 100% impossible to happen, but I, I would say it's improbable. And here's the thing about 28 points. Twenty here, Just to put 28 points in perspective, I'm, I'm just, again, I've got the Phil Steele Plus pulled up right now. So Ohio State right now in, the, in Phil Steele's power ratings, here are some of the teams that are about within a point or so of 28 points worse than Ohio State right now, okay? Uh, Ball State. Northwestern, Kent State, Illinois, Colorado, Duke. Like, it's that caliber of teams. It's not – you're not 28 points better than Michigan State or Michigan or Penn State. You know, you can beat them by more than that. You can have the good week. You can have teams that are not quite as good as their numbers might suggest. But, you know, just in terms of, like, power ratings and sort of predictive and, like, what the point spreads are going to be, they're not going to be anything close to 28-point favorites in most of the rest of their games. So that would have to – they would have to really, really, um, you know, out, outplay those those uh, stats. And the man here is doing exactly what I'm doing. Uh, it says uh, – he has the volume on this, and he's watching uh, Ole Miss and Tennessee with, uh, with the volume off, which is uh, – yeah, Tennessee is currently driving with under a minute to go, down five. That's on uh, SEC Network, which is always best to watch with the volume off. Well, I agree there. Well, and my SEC Network has uh, never been 
HD unless I stream it. So good job, SEC Network. At least Big Ten was HD from day one. Well, what yeah, about Pac-12 now? Oh, wait, nobody gets the Pac-12. Nobody gets that. Uh, one thing, I will. Uh, I was at the Blue Jackets game tonight. I was selling 50-50 tickets at the Blue Jackets game tonight, which, where are they? Yep, there you go. Boom, 2-0. Jackets. Jackets time, baby. Beat the Kraken in overtime. Uh, on the way home, I was listening. I will give a plug to the Varsity Network app, which is fantastic. We receive no money from the Varsity Network. It is a Learfield IMG app, which that's the company that owns all the radio rights for all these schools. It, get the, download that app because if you live in a city like Columbus, which doesn't have a sports radio station, you can't get college football on the radio on Saturday nights. So here's an app that will let you, you can just go through and go like, oh, I'm going to listen to the Mississippi State radio feed of the Mississippi State uh, Alabama game, or I can listen to the, on the way in, I was listening to the Iowa radio feed. Um, but you can listen to whatever radio feed. All these, all these games, these radio stations have the best commercials, the very best terrible local commercials. Um <laughs> There was uh, I, I, there was a commercial for the official blood services provider of Mississippi State football, which uh, if you saw the final score, like they those folks are going to be busy tonight. Um, but yeah, lo- wonderful local terrible pest control commercials on the on the in the Tennessee feed. It was just magnificent. So unsolicited plug for the Varsity Network app. Uh, download it; it's free. And uh, okay, that's that's my two cents. I just I thought about that on the way home. I'm like, I'm gonna plug this on the uh, podcast because I don't think people know about it. But it's it is a great app and worth your time. I do enjoy listening. Uh, I'll throw the Sirius on on my way home from games or two games or whatever, and you get the home, whichever you get the schools play by play announcers. And man, nobody likes Big Ten refs, and and nobody should. But <laughs> let's talk about Scott Frost in Nebraska. Nebraska loses thirty to twenty three. At Minnesota, falls to one and four in the Big Ten. These guys, uh, they find new ways to win close games. This is their fifth loss by a total of 15, 18, uh, 21, uh, 28 points total this season. Every single loss has been by one score. And this this one featured uh, Adrian Martinez throwing a ball away in the end zone for an intentional grounding and a safety. The Nebraska defense was not good. This would, I feel so bad for Scott Frost, but I, I don't know how much is his fault. His team is cursed. I don't know if the curse is because of him. I don't know if somebody has cursed him and therefore his program has also by association there is something supernatural going on here. And I don't know if you need a, a blessing, you need a shaman, you need something, somebody maybe like you bring a helicopter into, you, you burn some sage in the middle of the field in Memorial Stadium there, have a helicopter just fly above it and spread out all of the, the smoke and clean it up. You got to do something because Scott Frost in Nebraska is not is never going to work because they find ways to lose they make mistakes. They they give you a little bit of false hope. All the while, you're knowing like this this something bad is going to happen. And it's almost like you can hear like the horror music, horror movie music, like in the background. Like you know, no, no, don't don't go into the red zone. Don't go into the red zone. And then boom, they go into the red zone, and uh, Scott Frost gets stabbed by Adrian Martinez, and boom, now now they're done. And I just. It hasn't worked. 
I don't know if it can work. I think they need to almost need to go their separate ways. I would like to see it work. I just don't know why it's gotten so bad like this. It's, it's, it's hopeless. I think it just feels like a self-fulfilling prophecy at some point. Like it's like it's it when it's so bad, so consistently in such a consistent way, like it's just like at some point it's, you just, you get the, here we go again, feeling in your head. You could just almost see their players doing it. Like they just don't blow it, don't blow it, don't blow it, don't blow. It. Oh, I just blew it. Son of a gun! It happened again. You know, and just there's just it's it's a lack of discipline. It's silly mistakes. It's bad penalties at terrible times. But also some of it's just bad luck. But you know, you go back to go back to the first game of the season, the Illinois game. You get the guy. Was it Taylor Britt fielding a punt? Like he, you know, the old heels on the ten fielding a punt. Like. Okay, heels on the 10. Well, I'm going to retreat to the one. I'm going to field the punt running backwards. Then I'm going to go back into the end zone. I'm going to take a safety on a punt that I fielded. Like, what? I've never seen that. And it's like, well, they keep losing close games. Well, if you give a team like Illinois two points and the ball when you have no reason to do that, like – this is this is why you're doing. And speaking of uh, speaking of complete disaster zones, uh, it looks like Tennessee fans are throwing garbage on the field. Um, yeah, I saw that. Which is um, my wife is at this game, so Jesus Christ, I hope she's not pulling that move. She's an Ole Miss fan, though. Well, no, the Ole Miss, the Ole Miss people seem fine. So uh, yeah, and and uh, you know, this is the fifth consecutive year that Tennessee has had garbage on the field. Uh, usually, it's just their team. Well, but, they used uh, to have the trash can. They had the trash yeah. can, you know, the turnover can or whatever. Yes, and, and I, I, I just I want Josh Heupel to get on the microphone and tell those people they don't. You don't live in Cleveland. That's what I. That's what I want. That's oh. all I want right now. I can see our numbers plummeting in Cleveland right yeah. now. <laughs> did it's, you guys hey, see Sam Weich. Did you see the the Purdue um, the Purdue player uh, who an Iowa fan like threw threw their beer onto the under the field. Because Iowa fans are, are trash people at times, and so he picked up the beer. And this is after the game, you know, celebrating it and like just, you know, splashed it into his face, and, you know, chugging the beer. And uh, uh, did you happen to see that picture, Tom? Uh, I I did not see the picture, but um, I'm sure you don't remember his number, his name. Do you remember his jersey number at least? The jersey number was uh, was 69. Yes. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Just an incredible photo. If you want to, you want to go check it out. Uh, just to search uh, Purdue and beer, and I'm sure it'll show up. But I want to go back to talk about Adrian Martinez. Yes, no, go ahead because I I, I felt like I was going to get robbed of that opportunity. The... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 18 of 33, 241, one touchdown, no picks. So that, you know, that's that's improvement right there. A QBR in the ESPN QBR of 38.7. But the problem is I'm looking through the offensive num- the offensive book here for Nebraska. I really don't and I'm somebody who follows recruiting. I don't know many of these names. By many I know like 
any. Um, that's where I think a lot of the issues come from. Sure, we can talk about a lack of discipline, a lack of luck or whatever. They just have a lack of dudes. They just I, they don't have the talent to be able to get out there and compete week in and week out. Now you would think they'd be able to break through one week, which they haven't because apparently it's built on like a Native American graveyard or something, you know, some Scooby-Doo mystery happened there and we just, we don't know. And it was, you know, it was always Mr. Wilson, if not for you damn meddling kids, we would have gotten away with it. Um, but they just don't have the guys and Nebraska just can't determine what it is they want to do in terms of recruiting. Oh, we're going to have this Calabrasca movement. We're going to recruit the state of California and it's going to work out. Okay, well, that didn't happen. Oh, we're going to sit there and be able to recruit Florida and do all of this. I mean, obviously, bringing in Scott Frost, who was at UCF, we're going to be able to do this. They can't do that either. So they just don't have the guys. But I think they're going to get better once they're able to move on from Adrian Martinez. I just think, you know, I think when we talk about, you know, I'll go back to, like, the old short-lived Flintstones and Friends when Pebbles and Bam Bam were grown up and they had their little band because every cartoon in the 70s was, like, Josie and the Pussycats and everybody had a band and they had their friend Schlepprock. I think Adrian Martinez is Schlepprock because there's just this cloud that hangs over him. He might be the nicest kid in the world. It's not personal. This is just results-based, and Schlepprock's got to go. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. They've got Logan Smothers is a four-star kid from the 2020 class who's athletic. And we saw they had McCaffrey in there. You're thinking, you know, last year or a year before, like, okay, they're, they finally have other options. And yet they just, they continue to, to stick with him. And I tweeted this, I like, I didn't mention Adrian Martinez because I didn't have to, but like there are quarterbacks out there who are coach killers. Steve Belisari was described as a coach killer by one of his own coaches back in the day because they look – they look good in practice or better than anybody else. And then you get into the game and you, you just see him on the sidelines at times where he's just like, I don't know, apologetic for himself. And it's like, boy, that's, that's not really what you want out of your quarterback. You want your quarterback to be out there and um, just leading. And you just have to continue to wait for the other shoe to drop with him because you know, it's going to happen. Now, if you would put it all together, then great. But he puts it all together against Northwestern, and that's not good enough. Yeah, and I mean, he was someone who I remember seeing Adrian Martinez at Ohio Stadium. Like, he was someone Ohio State wanted. And, you know, and this this is – you kind of get into the nature versus nurture uh, conversation here. Like, well, what would Adrian Martinez's career have looked like if he was playing for Ryan Day instead of Scott Frost? You know, would he would this have cut, turned out totally different? Or was – you know, is this just kind of who he is and – you know, is it is it a coaching issue? Is it a preparation issue? Is it a talent around him issue? Uh, you know, and that's that is sort of the great unknowable question. But yeah, it is just it is like it's really I always feel bad for people who like I mean obviously like you you can you know everyone on Twitter can go yeah this guy sucks like this is someone who has been one of the very best in his age group at this thing this very unique thing that a lot of people try and do. He's been one of the very best in his age group for years and years and years and years and years. He has put in, un, you know, just countless hours of work. And it's like, you kind of want to see it pay off. And, you know, the Nebraska program to me is kind of like that on the whole. It's, you know, you, it would just be so nice. Like I'm watching the Michigan-Nebraska game a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever that was. 
it was like you just you really want it for Nebraska fans. Like I would love for Nebraska fans to have this like one just really cathartic moment of release of like, all right, it's worth it. Like what the 2011 Ohio state, Wisconsin game was for Buckeye fans during the middle of that stupid year. Like, I mean, it was like the whole, the whole stupid year is incredibly frustrating and annoying, but then you have this one moment that's like, this is why, like, this is why you, you do this for the, you know, you sit through all the other garbage for, this one nice moment like nebraska just hasn't had that moment in a long time you'd like to have it for nebraska fans you'd like to have it for adrian martinez like it would be nice if you know i i thought you know maybe there's a chance that they just shock iowa they're the team that gets iowa later in the year and then that's the signature moment for adrian martinez in that program you know it's just it is just it's just a real bummer when you see someone who spent that much time doing it and it just like it's like when's the payoff going to come like well Maybe the big payoff is just not going to come. Yeah, he, he's he's Sisyphus. Except there's no hills in Nebraska. He just keeps pushing the rock and just you know right right down the right down the not road. A rock, it's a runza. It's a runza. Well, that those are also quite hefty. Um, yeah, yeah, so what that, everybody wants a cabbage hot pocket. Gross. It's not you gross. It was tongue. very good. Yeah, it is very good, sir. I hate cabbage, so but you can, I like you hot pocket. But I don't like cabbage, so I don't think you, I'm going to like it. You don't have to get ones with hot with, with cabbage. They have different kinds, like so just pizzas. hot pockets. Like, no, it's like a like a Nebraska empanada. Not quite like an empanada, but the, the cheerleaders are leaving with placards <laughs> covering their heads so that they don't get hit with crap from these uh, Tennessee fans. I was going to say Mabel and Cletus are not happy there at Neyland right now. Let me tell you. No, one other SEC t- game I wanted to mention: LSU beats Florida, forty-nine, forty-two. Both teams are now four and three on the season. Are they both going to be ranked this week, Tom, or are neither of them going to be ranked? And if you say they're either going to be ranked, either of them are going to be ranked, I'm going to come through the screen and just because uh, there's there's no way. Do so it, don't even do don't even it, think it. Do it. I I. I don't think you can rank them. I mean, Florida was only 20th and you mm-hmm. have to drop something for losing to LSU and LSU has what two losses. I mean, I would, they're both four. Three. They're both three. And, okay. Yeah. I, I don't think you can rank them because it's not like LSU has this, you know, this great signature win to carry them over the fact that they've lost three games. So yeah, I, they shouldn't. And you know, what's interesting to me is you have, a lot of these SEC teams that were kind of like the 15 to 25 type SEC teams that lost today, Arkansas lost today, right? They ended up losing that game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I mean, you have yeah, Auburn. Yeah, Arkansas loses, Florida loses. Like what's going to happen is you have to, you know, the committee has to build the resumes based on, you know, who is the uh, Jay Burke. You think Martinez is pro prospect at quarterback? No. no. Next question. Um <laughs> They have to build the resumes for these teams based on like, hey, you know, what they talk about how many top 25 wins did you have when you have the teams that are like 15 to 25 losing and you're dropping out like all of a sudden Georgia's resume or Alabama's resume is like, well, they played in a murderous SEC schedule. How many top 25 teams did they play? Like well, two, like, mm. yeah, they were one and one against top 25 teams this year. Like that's not I mean. Assuming that the college football playoff committee are honest brokers, and boy, uh, 
the the word assuming is uh, is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. But you know, assuming they're heavy, they're they're honest brokers here. That has to hurt the case for you know the SEC should get two teams in. I, I'm not willing to actually say that that's how it will play out, but that's how it should play out if they're actually following their own, their own guidelines. Now, I just saw the camera pan down in this Tennessee game to somebody brought their own bottle of French's mustard and it ended up <laughs> on, on the field. <laughs> like They don't even want stadium mustard. Like, Darlene, don't forget the mustard. We got to bring in our, our French's mustard. And then, uh, and then he's like, Earl, like throws the mustard onto the feet onto the field. And now I don't like, have any mustard at home. That's our mustard. And oh. so now they're without mustard. The preseason rankings. I'll just run through some here. Uh, Florida was 11. LSU was 13. That was in the coaches and the AP Florida was 13. LSU was 16. The, I think this is the AP poll here. Clemson was three. Texas A&M was six. Iowa state was seven. North Carolina, 10. Wisconsin, 12. Miami 14, USC 15, Indiana 17, Washington 20. Don't ever believe what writers tell you. Only believe, well. Writers, right here. <laughs> the don't ever believe what voters tell you. Um, because those are, that's, you just look at that and you go like, why Miami, why USC? I mean, this is the same thing every year. At least we didn't have Tennessee in there. Did you see any of that Miami Carolina game today? Oh my goodness, what a slap fight that one was! I watched the very end of it, and of course Miami, Miami, Miami wanted to lose more than Carolina, and then the handshake (laughs) at the end of it, where Mac Brown and and Manny Diaz and Manny Diaz wanted to be anywhere other than at the fifty talking to Mac Brown, and and basically it was kind of like what we used to joke about, like that wolf situation: a wolf will chew off its own arm to get out of a situation. Manny Diaz was trying to gnaw off his own arm to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, it, it was um, like when I, I'll go to McDonald's and work before the Tuesday uh, interview sessions and there's a, always a bunch of old guys there that get there and they have their coffee and they're just talking, talking, talking. They'll talk to whomever. That was Mac Brown. He was like, let's just, you know what, let's just spend some time here. We got nowhere to be. We're retired, right? We got nowhere else to go. It's like uh, Manny Diaz, like I'm. I just want to go. Like I don't. I don't like the way this game turned out. I need to go. I think my agent is calling. And, and I don't want to. And I don't want a butterscotch hard candy. Stop asking. Hey, Werther's originals are fantastic. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what do we got here from Jordan Kapler? Super chat. And I should pre-read these before I actually read them, but I'm just going to say since I, I, I lost, <laughs> I lost to an unranked team. How far do they fall, and why is it past tenth? And that's exactly right. And Alabama fell to what fifth after losing to an unranked team. Iowa is going to fall past that because they voters view them as well. We we had to put them there mm-hmm. because they kept winning, and other teams didn't. So you keep moving it as you're winning. Uh, but now they have uh, they have a, a much deeper basement that they can send them to, and I don't see any reason. And I don't think they're a top ten team, and so I guess I can't. So I can't be too angry about voters when I I don't see Iowa being a top ten team. I think Alabama is. So um, you know, I guess they don't. I can't hold them accountable if they don't remain consistent here because nobody actually thinks Iowa is that good. 
Right. And, and yeah, Iowa is number two basically because, wow, this is a wild and crazy year. I mean, Iowa is number two for the same reason that South Florida and Boston mm-hmm. College and Missouri and Kansas were number two in 2007. It's like, well, because all the other teams ahead of them lost and like, well, the AP insists that we put someone here, so we can't just leave it blank. So I guess it's Iowa now. And you just, you sort of know, like, yeah, that's not, that's not who's going to end up there. But yeah, I, 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 I'm struggling with this for the same reason that it sounds like you're sort of struggling with it, which is like, I understand and sort of objectively get why you would drop Iowa because Iowa is, you know, you sort of have this preconceived notion that Iowa is not actually a top five team. Whereas you have this preconceived notion that Alabama is a top five team. If you're just looking at resumes though, like Alabama, go through, go through the teams that Alabama has beaten. There's a bunch of numbers next to teams because the teams were ranked at the time they played them. Uh, Number 14, Miami. Uh, How has the season gone for Miami since then? Well, not great. Uh, Number 11, Florida. How has the season gone for Florida since then? Well, not great. And number 12, Ole Miss is currently in a dog fight with, uh, with garbage. Garbage, a, a garbage <laughs> fight with uh, with Tennessee, and you know, and then they lose to Texas A and M, and Mississippi State's terrible, and then next week they have Tennessee, and then they have LSU, and then they have New Mexico State, and then they have Arkansas, who's going to be unranked, and then they end up at, at, with Auburn. It's like they could go through the entire year, and Ole Miss is the signature win that they have during the course of the regular mm-hmm. season. Like, there's not, there's just, there's not a fantastic. There's not a lot of fantastic resume points there. And like, I, I mean, I get it. I, I get that you assume that you're going to have George, you know, have Alabama in the top five. So therefore Alabama stays in the top five. Like I, I get it, but that's okay with me only so far as if Alabama loses a second game, they're out period. No questions asked because they have no good wins like that. I think, I think you have to have, the line drawn there. If Alabama is 11 and one and then beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, I have no problem with Alabama getting in the playoff. If Alabama loses a second game, that's the point at which you have to go like, well, even though we do think they're one of the five best teams in the country, like at some point you, at some point you have to prove it on the field. And if you haven't beaten anyone all year, like, well, sorry, better luck next year. Yeah, and, and Iowa has the best win between the two teams with, Mm-hmm. The win over Penn State. Penn State's still the highest ranked of all of those opponents. And because they didn't lose this week and they didn't play this week, they won't drop too far. In fact, they may may rise up to number six because you know, I, I don't think I don't see Penn State being the uh what the the floor for Iowa. I think they'll just continue to drop Iowa back back and we'll see what goes on there. Um anything else you guys from this week that you wanted to touch on? I want to kind of touch upon the Caleb Williams discussion. And then we have a lot of questions that were from early in the show. We could probably bang through those pretty quick. Um, I think a lot of people are really concerned that Oklahoma, again, Oklahoma has found its quarterback in Caleb Williams and just saying, well, they're going to be this big problem. You know, I I know we talked about a little earlier in the show, but I'm just, I'm telling people to slow their roll on there. I think once he puts a little more tape out there and people are preparing for him, I mean, obviously TCU had the opportunity to see some tape and prepare for him and knew that it would, probably wasn't going to be Spencer Rattler. But you know, I think I think people are already you know he's he's not going to win the Heisman. I mean, he's not going from you know they beat a Texas team that just felt a 
earth, like, you know, in, in a horrible way, and then beat a bad TCU team. So that doesn't take anything away from the talent of Caleb Williams. I don't think it takes anything away from the fact that Oklahoma is a team that's built for offense, but I don't think that the deck has been reshuffled just because of them bringing Caleb Williams in. I just, I really don't. Maybe that's just a little naivete on my part, but been doing this a long time. And I just think that, I think it's, it's one of those overreactions. Yeah. And they say a a true freshman will lose you one game at quarterback throughout the course of a year. And uh, I I agree. Like at this point they have to, TCU is prepared for the Oklahoma offense that they have seen all year. Not, and, and you don't have much to go on with Caleb Williams other than he's probably going to run it a little bit more. So, it will be interesting to see how teams catch up, you know, but the talent level of the defenses that they're going to be facing are going to be limited as, as well, Tom. Yeah, I mean, the the issue they're going to have is you keep having these Big 12 teams that almost beat them, almost beat them, almost beat them. They, they, they have to keep playing reasonably well every week because you don't have, outside of Kansas, there just aren't that many gimmies in the Big mm-hmm. 12, but there also aren't, any fantastic teams in the big 12. Like it's just, it's like the whole big 12 is somewhere between like 15 and like 40 to me, like outside of Kansas and maybe Oklahoma, maybe Oklahoma's better than that. And Oklahoma's, you know, really is a top five team. They haven't looked like it for long stretches. I I still have, I I still have some concerns about Oklahoma just on the whole, their defense is still a little bit of a, a question to me. The offensive line's a little bit of a question to me. It feels like they have definitely, with Williams, they definitely are a better team than they were with Rattler. But I don't think this solves all of their problems. And, you know, I don't, I think whoever gets Oklahoma in the semifinals is probably going to be completely fine with having Oklahoma in the semifinals. Like that's going to be, someone's, someone on Selection Sunday is going to go, oh, good, we get Oklahoma. Because that's typically how that has worked out. And it doesn't feel like they've solved all their issues. And, you know, you want to, you want to put a true freshman quarterback going against Nick Saban with a month to prepare like that is that is like time to die like nope that's not going to go well for you but you know i think they could be enough of a pain with williams that they you know could at least could at least be you know get in the playoff take one of those four spots in that college football playoff field you know that that i think is maybe where where they're most dangerous to Ohio State or to pretty much anyone else in the uh, in the top five, man. And let me, just, let me just let me just say, I really hope Tennessee pulls this off. Those fans deserve it. <laughs> well, well, just imagine if they get stopped at like the one, you know, because they do need a touchdown, and, and so they've got eighteen seconds and, and I don't who, know, like thirty yards to go. At that point, they don't have it to throw. It's on the field. <laughs> Joe Milton warming up. Oh, this is so good. Um, uh, we're we, just, we, we might have to just we just might have to play by play this. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll I don't know. We'll, we might we'll, get dinged by YouTube. Well, we'll speak. Nobody have their audio on or whatever. But uh, let's go through some questions too while we can. Yes. I didn't mean to cut you off, Tony. But Marcus Pope really wanted me to get his questions in. Why don't y'all want kickoffs anymore? No, I, I'm I'm totally fine with kickoffs continuing, but I understand why some coaches don't want them. I would also prefer the XFL uh, rule where because it's it's safer where 
basically nobody can run after the ball until the ball, I believe, is caught. Like once the ball is fielded, then the 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 guys can block and the guys can also try to tackle him. And they're coming from I don't know, I think like the thirty or so from the returners thirty. So there's just not enough speed and momentum built up to really hurt as many guys. So I'm I would love to see the kickoff continue. I can't stand the fair catching from the 10 yard line. So uh, give me more kickoffs, but I understand why coaches also, some coaches also don't want them, Tom. Right. Well, I think the biggest issue to me is I, I would always prefer that they not take something like that out of the game, but they've already nerfed it so much with mm-hmm. create, changing that, that fair catch rule where it's like, what percentage of kickoffs are actually something eventful now? Like it's a minuscule percentage. And, uh, I think I avoided laughing out loud loud enough to, for the microphone to pick it up when they put up Joe Milton's stats for the year and his completion percentage is 46%. Like, whoo, whoo boy, oh boy. You're not, you, you, you think six months is enough to get the Harbaugh out of you. It is not. It is not, in fact, enough to get the Harbaugh out of you. It, it is, um, you know, kickoffs to me, like, if kickoffs were what they were in 2004 and you had Ted Ginn running stuff back all the time, like, yeah, then then it would be like this is a significant loss and this is really taking something huge out of the game. Right now, there's just there's so many fair catches that I don't know how much you're really losing by taking them out. And if there's a you know potential significantly positive health benefit for the players, like I mean, I I, I get it. I can kind of do that math. And you know, we talked about this a little bit on the Friday show, and I forget which one of you guys said it, but you know, if this is what it takes to have football continue to be a sport, you know, we're making incremental safety improvements. If this is what it takes to have football continue to be a sport and not turn into, you know, boxing or horse racing or whatever, where it's like, this used to be one of America's most popular sports. And now, like, no, if that's what it takes, like, that's fine, man. Like, just that's, let, let's do it. Let's get this figured out. However, we have to do it. Uh, will we hang 100 on Michigan? Um, I'll throw that one to Tony. <laughs> Well, it depends on if Ohio State calls the dogs off in the, in the third quarter. Uh, no, I, I don't believe they will. I think they could, uh, you know, they could hit the 40s because, you know, that's what they do. But no, not 100. Sorry. Last year, however. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, you, 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 missed your, you missed your chance to see Ohio State uh, put a just ludicrous number up against Michigan. Like last year, everything was shaping up to that because it was like Michigan was like out of quarterbacks and Ohio State was like starting to fire on all cylinders and Michigan had completely quit on the season. Like that is that is as close as you will ever come to seeing Ohio State with, you know, put like 80 points on Michigan was was last year. You know, it, one of the one of the great shames if you're an Ohio State fan is that the terrible, terrible Rich Rod team in like 2008 was playing against a Jim Trestle team and not a, you know, like mid to late stage Urban Meyer team. Because I'm the clock. That was that was forty two. That was forty two to seven. That two thousand eight game, which is the Jim Trestle equivalent of eighty to nothing. So yeah, it, it's uh, you know, I, I think Michigan's a good enough team this year that you're not. You know, they have you have missed your window to see Ohio State do that to Michigan. I think. Uh, Joe Milton, I guess, if that was him, completed a pass that took six minutes to wind the clock on the first down. So that's kind of 11 seconds left. Ridiculous. So I'll get the next question loaded up from Randall Perkins. Is the Big Ten West really just bad? Tom? Yes. 
That's how we're going to get through these questions. That's yeah. how we're going to get well, through well, all these questions. The, the answer, the answer is yes. If if we, yeah, without without going into much detail, I mean, yes. And if you want more detail, this is me pointing to the standings. Like, yeah, huh? There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Google it. We're going to have one more crack, in, uh, incomplete pass through the back of the end zone. So three seconds left. Yeah, the Big Ten Ooh. West is really bad. Is really bad. Iowa was the standard bearer there. They got exposed. Uh, it's certainly not Nebraska. It's certainly not Northwestern. Is it Minnesota? Is Minnesota the standard bearer for them right now? I mean, could could Minnesota backdoor their way into Indianapolis? I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, it's not Wisconsin. When you try to hang your hat on Iowa, it's like trying to hang your hat on your flat wall. It just the hat just keeps falling to the ground. There, there's no hat hanging in the Big Ten West this year, and you can blame Wisconsin, you can blame Scott Frost, you can blame Adrian Martinez. There's plenty of blame to go around, and yes, it is a bad division. And I don't know if it's going to be any better the rest of the year. And if Minnesota goes ahead and wins it, oh man, that's that's sad. Uh, it's time for our weekly question about what basically why isn't Tyreek Williams getting more playing time? I'll throw that to the crowd. Well, I mean, I didn't expect him to play much this week, so um, <laughs> you know, but uh, I think they like where what he's doing. They like the number of snaps he's getting. He's going to get more. I don't know that he's going to be starting. He might get a spot start here or there as I watch Joe Milton run into his own lineman and escape. Is he? He's going to try to run for it. Like I just, I have direct TV, so I must be running a lot slower than you. I'm just see, saw him run into his guy. It's just so. Bad. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! The decision making. You have to throw it into the end zone. You you can't. You didn't even give your guys a chance and. I don't understand this. This is not yeah, that, Joe Milton's not the only person who's ever done this. I've seen quarterbacks do this every year, several times a year, and I, I, they have to know the situation. They've watched football; they understand what it means, and and then to just you know what I'm, I'm what twenty five yards out, twenty yards out. Let me just try to pick this up with no time on the clock and score, and then run out of bounds at the ten. Oh my goodness, the cop that's walking with Lane Kiffin, the only thing he's guarding is the donut shop. Jiminy Christmas, that guy, you know, no wonder he's on parade detail. He's big as a float, and I'm fat, so I can say that. Oh my God. This is what happens when you guys have me up on the show past midnight. I just get a little loopy. Um, here's yeah, Tyler Williams is going to play more, but he, he's he's got guys in front of him. Jay Burke giving us a compliment. We always put compliments on. So we're the best reporters and so funny. Well, we try. Uh, let me clear that one. Uh, another Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, better, more superior start in his college career relative to Stroud. Well, last, last I checked, Caleb Williams was not trying to play injured as well. So, mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, his first game was in – the Red River game. So that was not a true road game. And were they, they were home today. So he hasn't played a true road game yet. And, but I mean, to Kevin's point, the the more significant thing is he is not dealing with a bum shoulder. Like CJ Stroud right now, since CJ Stroud had that week off, CJ Stroud has looked like a completely different quarterback, which 
to me suggests that the shoulder was a pretty big issue. And, you know, just watching him go back and listen to our postgame shows for several of his previous, you know, first couple games, it was like, yeah, he needs a week off because that shoulder's not right and it's impacting his game. Like it was just, that was very apparent as you were watching it. It has played out, you know, if the shoulder was really the big issue, mm-hmm. It has played out exactly the way you would expect it to play out after the, you know, getting a week to rest the shoulder and things to kind of heal up and him to feel a little more comfortable in the offense as well. But, you know, I don't know that I look at Caleb Williams and go like, he's so far ahead of CJ Stroud. Like, you know, he's, he's like, he's good. He's Caleb Williams is a good quarterback, but I I think, you know, CJ, you know, CJ Stroud versus Caleb Williams in the playoff, I'm given, uh, you know, I, I think Ohio State's probably giving, uh, you know, five, six points in that game, right? Yeah, I just I just think that in this situation of, well, now that we can't really bag on C.J. Stroud because he's turning things around, now we're just going to say he's not as good as Caleb Williams. I mean, when is the Stroud hate going to stop? I mean, this is – I'm sorry, I love you, NBA fan, but this is ridiculous. I don't understand why – People just can't accept the fact that C.J. Stroud is the Ohio State starter. He's doing damn fine right now, and just and and be fine with it. I mean, I what what is it that you're looking for? I mean, what is it? You're, I mean, I just I don't understand. I I don't understand. I don't. I'm not trying to be critical, but it just seems to to me to be a situation of. Okay, well, now that you know it's not in vogue to sit there and, and trash Stroud, I'm just, we're just going to say that other guys out there in similar situations are better than him. I just I think it's ridiculous. I think uh, Caleb Williams also got to uh, ease into this season. Uh, and Tom, please, please stop posting from your burner account that you're spamming the whole chat here and. It's a little bit annoying uh, with these all of these posts about Tom is much better than Tony at bold predictions. The people don't care for it, and they don't believe it. What's next, Kevin? Well, there's a reason I'm not punching any of those through, but mostly because I'm over in the question queue, and I'm not looking at the other queue right now. Uh, chances OSU versus Michigan State could be another primetime game. Well, that's a November game, so right. very unlikely, because the way the Big Ten's rules are written right now, the, the both teams would have to approve a game being in primetime in the month of November, and there's really no reason for Michigan State to approve that. Like, what's Michigan State's incentive there to play a primetime game? So I, I would say the chances are very slim. I just did a show with uh, Matt Sars from uh, Matt Sars Sports on uh, Friday on the Morning Scoop, and he talked about sort of how that TV selection process goes because this is all a question for TV and how you know which network has the first pick that week and what other games are going on that week. I haven't looked at that week yet. And, you know, that, that'll probably be determined a little bit about by uh, how much does Michigan State, you know, does Michigan State go in the tank before then or is Michigan State still unbeaten then? And is Ohio State still rolling with only the one loss or have they fallen off the pace as well? But, yeah, that's either going to be a noon game or a 3.30 game. It will not not be a primetime game unless both teams approve that. And I just – I don't think either team necessarily wants a primetime game in late November in uh, Ohio Stadium. Uh, Iowa State at Oklahoma is that same weekend. That might be the big noon kickoff game. We'll yeah. See. So, so, and 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 you know, the other question is, which network has the first pick for the Big Ten that week? It mm-hmm. could be Fox. It could be ESPN. Fox has had more first picks, so it's possible that that's 
you know, that's the week before Ohio State, Michigan. That was probably not a week that a lot of people were thinking was going to be a massive one in the Big Ten. So I, I would I would guess that's going to be an ABC game. So, like, you know, maybe that's a 330 ABC game. But, you know, that that is a total shot in the dark by me. But I can tell you it is almost certainly not going to be prime time. Could you imagine all the heads exploding down south if OSU and UC ended up in the championship? Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys. If if Ohio State and Cincinnati end up being two of the four, Kevin, don't you think they manufacture it some way so that those two teams play in the, the semis and then – but what if it's, it's Georgia and Alabama? championship game in Indianapolis. They play in the championship game in Indianapolis. Wouldn't that but be in, something? It, it, yeah, yes, it would. I just I, – I think – I feel like they wouldn't want – they just try to get that game over with or like they don't want to – you wouldn't want to have two Ohio teams playing in a championship game. But if, if they're matched up against – if Georgia and Alabama are the other two, you also don't want those two teams playing in, right. in the first round. You, so. you wouldn't want to sit there and burn that in, a, in, in the mm-hmm. Orange Bowl or whatever. So you would probably try to spread it out. And, you know, Ohio State has no chance, in my opinion, of getting the one. So – because of that, I mean, they're going to be either the two, the three, or the four if they do get into the playoffs. So does Cincinnati have an opportunity to become a one if to Ohio State's four? Or are they two and three? I mean, you know, there's a lot. I mean, If Alabama beats Georgia, does Cincinnati yeah. get the number one seed? No, there's no way. Alabama's the number one there. I mean, you, what, what it would take is Alabama loses another one before then and then beats Georgia or who, you know, who, you know, whoever else is in the, comes out of the West beats Georgia. And then that would leave the number one spot. And, you know, and Oklahoma loses a game and, you know, Wake Forest loses a game and Oklahoma state loses a game. And and so then you don't have any unbeaten power five teams. Then Ohio state's maybe one, then Cincinnati's maybe four. That's probably the most likely case scenario. Could be two and three, but again, it that involves, you know, since it, Georgia's number one, I just it feels to me like they're going to they're going to take if Georgia's number one, Georgia's going to throw an absolute fit if they don't get the non-power five team as the four seed. Like they're going to throw an absolute fit if they have to play Oklahoma instead of Cincinnati. Because, I mean, like Cincinnati's a great story, but we but we all know like we you know you know that Cincinnati doesn't have the depth because they're a non-Power 5 team. Like, they're a great story. They're a fantastic team. Luke Fickle has done a fantastic job. But if you put Cincinnati in the Big Ten, Cincinnati's not running the table. Like, sorry, no chance. So, you know, you got to you gotta kind of – I feel like I kind of have to preface everything with like, no, 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 they're good. They're good. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying like, oh, look at you. You're so cute. Oh, Grows up for football program. I'm not saying that, but it's just, I just, I, I don't think Cincinnati is going to be any higher than fourth if they get in the playoff. I, I just, I can't, I can't fathom Cincinnati being like a two or a three. I mean, yeah, maybe a ton of insane stuff happens between now and then, but I mean, it would, it would take a lot to have that happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'll be interesting to watch how Cincinnati falls back this year with the committee and how they, they manufacture that. Um, how many more? Uh, how many more? Are we going to do like two more questions. Uh, let me wait? see what we've got. We've answered a lot of them along okay. the way. So um, I'm just kind of going through uh, a lot of people asking if Ohio State recruited David Bell. 
the receiver out of Indianapolis, and they absolutely did. Ohio State uh, really put the full court press on there. I think that with David Bell, it ultimately was not even so much a staying in the state of Indiana. I think he wanted to go somewhere to be the guy, not to go somewhere and be a guy. And, uh, you know, just it worked out fine for everybody. I mean, everybody can say, well, what if Ohio State had him? What if Ohio State still had Jamison Williams? I mean, where where are all these receptions going to happen? So, you know, things things happen for a reason. Ohio State certainly did not stop recruiting David Bell at any point. Had the opportunity to talk to him several times during his recruitment. Um, got the feeling pretty early on that uh, he kind of wanted to blaze his own path, and that was going to be somewhere where he could be a bigger fish in a uh, smaller pond. The, the big question is, where would Alabama be right now if Chris Olave went to the NFL? Because Chris Olave coming yeah. back yeah. sent Jamison Williams basic – I mean, moving, moving Garrett Wilson from the slot to the X – which was Jameson's position last year, but they would have found room for him if, if Chris Olave certainly had left for the NFL. But him coming back meant there was, it made Jameson Williams feel like there's no room. And so, like, where would Alabama be without without Jameson Williams right now? And what is this from this Jordan Kapler? The super chat from Jordan Kapler. If you were college football chaos gods, I'm really curious what you guys would do to make this the most insane season. Uh, Tom, would you like to go first? I think if to be truly insane, I think you need Georgia to lose two and Alabama to lose one, where it's like the, the truly insane season is no SEC team makes the playoff. Like you need, you know, Wake Forest wins out. You know, one, oh, you know, one of the Big Ten teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, like, you could have a playoff where the two games are Wake Forest is in one of them and Cincinnati's in another one. Like, that is, that is like, you know, a bunch of stuff has to happen. But throw it Wake, Oak State. Oakie State. Yeah. Oklahoma State, Wake Forest, Cincinnati, and Oregon. You know, be just throw in Oregon or something. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, I mean, Coastal at, Carolina. At that, at that, at that point, it could be Ohio State, and it would still be the craziest. I mean, like that's the that's the really crazy. You need you need Georgia to lose twice, Alabama to lose at least once more. Wake Forest wins out, Oklahoma State wins out, Cincinnati wins out. You know, I mean, I I, I kind of want to live in that world because I want to watch. I want to have SEC Network on the day after. You know, a two-loss Alabama and a two-loss Georgia get left out behind Wake Forest and Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. Like that's Paul. that is put put that one straight in my veins. I I I don't care what else happens. I don't care if, if Oregon's the first team in there. I don't care if it's uh, Ohio State. Like doesn't matter. Like that's that's the world I want to live in. Because I mean, and frankly, those would be terrible, 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 terrible playoff games like terrible playoff games because whoever's the one seed is just going to boat race everyone else but you know at the same point you know you have to uh you know yes the playoff games would be terrible but the playoff games are terrible most years that's true think about think about the lulls guys i'm just saying think about the lulls uh wake forest next week they play at army so that's going to be a tough one i think i think wake forest can run through the ACC because the ACC is completely terrible this year. And that does mean they would have to win at North Carolina at Clemson and at Boston college. 
but I've seen those three teams this year and they're not above losing to anybody at this point. So I am all for, we've, we've seen Wake Forest make the, the New Year's six or the, uh, the BCS, whichever it was with Riley Skinner was the quarterback and they weren't good then, but they won enough to do it. And it's because the ACC was bad and they avoided the right teams. So do, do you know who they played? Do you know who they played in that orange bowl? Do you remember? Was it? No, I don't. Kansas, Kansas versus Wake Forest in the Orange Bowl. Oh, was that was that a Fighting Mangino's team? That was the that was the Fighting Mangino's team. Was, was, was Ed Warner and you know that offensive play calling genius there. That would have been the 2000. I'm going to double check my my. Uh, I am almost positive that was the 2006 Wake Forest team. I will be bitterly disappointed if I was incorrect, but. Uh, not 07 when Kansas was ranked number two. No, yeah, 2006. I was I was wrong. They played Louisville in the in the. Uh... Mm, who did Tom. Mangino beat in the? Who did Mangino beat in the? Uh... While you look that up, I'll thank R. Yeah. Stanley for his super chat contribution. He thanked us for for taking time on his silly UCOSU question. Uh, we've got another one. I'm on our silly show. We'll have another one coming in with. Uh, Daffy Duck here in a second, uh, thanking us uh, just for no reason. Uh, Razzmatazz jumping in, too, with, uh, you know, no questions, just mustard and golf balls. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, Kansas 2008 Orange Bowl, Kansas beat Virginia Tech. 2007 Orange Bowl was Louisville and uh, Wake Forest. Louisville beat Wake Forest. So those are uh, – those are – Four teams you would not. Uh, th- those are four people who have never been in my kitchen. I think is you know a happens. little a little Wake Forest, a little Michigan State, um, maybe mm-hmm. Oklahoma State and a Cincinnati. Oh, Michigan know. State, yeah, Mich- Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Wake Forest, Cincinnati. That's it. That's it. That's the one. That's so gross, but I would love it. I would be there, and I mean that's boy, that would be. Um, no. I don't want to say ratings poison. This is this is uh, this is like the uh, the the college football version of the NCAA tournament where you have the first weekend full of like insane upsets and it's like this is the greatest tournament ever, mm-hmm. and then it's just a bunch of mid-major twelve and thir- twelve versus thirteen games the second week. It's like oh this is terrible. This tournament's awful. It's like well, be careful what you wish for because you get you get bored of the good teams playing, but sometimes that means if you don't have that, it's the bad teams playing, and then that's not necessarily <laughs> fun too. Watching those Big Ten games today was soul poison for me. It was so horrible to watch. I mean, it's it's sort of like when you watch a bunch of NHL games and then you go and you watch like an NAIA hockey game or something, and it's it's so much slower. It's just it. it oh my God! It was it was so painful to watch. Let me jump in with Chad Engel here. Thank you, Chad. Um, it just, I mean, it didn't look like the same sport that, you know, that we're used to seeing. And that's not just an Ohio State thing. I'm talking about just watching Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State or Oklahoma to that point. It just, it almost looked like a different sport. It really almost looked like a different sport. I want to address Hayden Schmidt's question. If Ohio State wins out, do all three of you believe we are in the playoff? I think enough will happen that if Ohio State wins out, they're in the playoffs. Um I see you both not shaking your head no. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, unless it would take something pretty crazy for Ohio State to not be in. Like, there's – with Alabama losing, 
you know, the number of the number of paths for Ohio State to win out and still not make it is pretty narrow now, you know, because if, if Georgia beats Alabama, Alabama's got to be out yep. if Ohio State wins and wins out. So, you know, you would have to have the Big 12 champ win out. You'd have to have Cincinnati win out. You know, maybe Oregon wins out. Maybe that's enough if they look good enough to, to keep Ohio State out. But it's like, you know, unless if if unless you have, you know, Alabama runs the table and then beats Georgia and that's Georgia's only loss. So maybe that's two of the spots Mm -hmm. and then Oklahoma wins out and then Cincinnati wins out. Like maybe that keeps Ohio state out. mm -hmm. Maybe, but you know, you've, you've mentioned a couple of times, Tony, like how the playoff committee is going to justify dropping Cincinnati. Well, here's what they're going to do. You're going to hear Gary Barner talking about the body of work. Well, what's Cincinnati's body of work going to look like? Like they're going to, even if they beat teams by 28 points every week, they're playing crappy teams. And if Ohio state's playing four teams that are in the top 10, like Ohio state's body of work is going to be substantially better than Cincinnati's at the end of the year, if they run the table and, you know, a, even a couple of those teams went out because Cincinnati's big signature wins are Indiana, which is continuing to get, you know, devalued every single week and Notre Dame, which is like, meh, like they're fine, but they're nothing spectacular. So, you know, you don't even have to like have the playoff committee inventing reasons to drop Cincinnati. Like Ohio State's resume is going to be getting better and better and better every week. Cincinnati's just kind of like flatline, even if they keep winning. It's just it's, it and, is what it is. And they will have uh, a same, same opponent with Indiana to judge the two teams against each other that way. And, and yes, Cincinnati's two wins that justify their existence in the in college football playoffs are, you know, average wins among everybody else so yes i think we all see ohio state making the playoffs should they win out uh what is um yeah osu speed and athleticism is de- definitely different than what you see through the the rest of the big ten and it, it was not a great day watching teams try to score and, and seeing spencer petrus the quarterback of the number two team in the nation just look really really bad through most of that game um is are, are we good are we uh through I, I everything think, i think we're pretty good uh you know we're at 90 minutes on the show i mean we still have people jump jumping in with some questions but i think we pretty much answered the, the, the multitude of them a lot of them are re- repeats at this point yeah so uh if you asked a question maybe go back and watch the show i'm sure uh, i'm sure we touched on it there and if we didn't we only do 14 of these a week so uh, you'll have plenty of opportunities to get back to us. So we'll go ahead and, and call it a night right there. So thank you guys all, geez, uh, hundreds of you there. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, as always, you can find us at BuckeyeScoop.com. You can also see us on YouTube as you are right now, YouTube.com slash Scoop. So thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys later.